Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials for the buy one Get one free offer on Giza Sheets. All you got to do, Renegade Nation, is enter the promo code RENEGADE or call 1-800-889-6817 for these great specials. That's 1-800-889-6817. Use the promo code RENEGADE. Free Talk Live. Yes, it is. Free Talk Live. The live call-in radio talk program where you can take control of the airwaves to talk about whatever is on your mind. If you would like to join us in the conversation tonight, the telephone number is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, I'm Nikki and Richie Rich. And it is Sunday, of course, and I am a Reverend. So, if you like, you could consider this church. This is your sermon. This, you know, it, you know, it could be the could sermon be from the chair. The, you know, if you want to consider it such, yes. If you are, uh, you know, someone who values freedom, liberty peaceful interactions with human beings, voluntary interactions with other human beings, you know, this could be considered your church if you so choose. What a wonderful religion. (laughs) Yeah, it is pretty cool. I have to admit. So uh, I happened upon something today. Actually, it was last night as I was leaving the studio and I actually had it from another source, but, uh, they have a paywall, so I pulled it from a different source because, well, screw those guys. Uh, this from Al- Pirate it. Get it for free anyway. Yeah. This from AlJazeera.com. China has tested a new space capability with hypersonic missile. So for those of you who don't know what those you know words put together mean, uh, basically China is experimenting with space missiles. Okay. Missiles from space. Well... I mean, I hear you, and I, I get if you're anti-China, you might be concerned. I'm not really anti-China. I but mean, some people are, uh-oh. right? China's going to take over the world kind of a thing. I, but if, sure. But if there's like new technology for scientific advancement and, and you know exploring space, then maybe it's better than the current mechanism for getting people up there. Like there is, you know, if you look at it from a perspective of just the technology, Sure. And what it is doing, it's it's kind of cool. Yeah. What it can do. But at the same time, the U.S. is saying that 
none of their intelligence agencies had any clue that China even possessed this possibility. Oh, so well, like that, out of nowhere, China's just like, "Hey guys, check me out." You know, they were too busy spying on us. <laughs> yeah, good for China then for pulling the wool over those eyes. Yeah, you know, like if that that seems to be more of a a U.S. intelligence problem or than a Chinese or, or lack of intelligence, right? I mean, like, case. okay, China's got this new technology, and we didn't know this because. Because we almost got the underwear bomber, guys. I'm telling you, yeah, I that's mean, what you know. Because your spies suck, apparently. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know enough about what government does to keep tabs on other governments and what their governments do to keep tabs on other governments, etc. And so on. Yeah. So, and the good thing for China is they're like they're one of the superpowers, so they don't even have to worry about U.S. retaliation. I just maybe on some level this is just a demo and now this is the newest product coming out of China. Could be. You know, all the governments get like the the catalog in the mail. It says, you know, hey, weapons from China, right? It's the like new, the, the like new Stark Industries or the Alibaba. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> the new Alibaba quarterly, you know, catalog comes out to the government store. Pretty soon it'll be a consumer level for three ninety nine. <laughs> Just in time for Christmas. There you go. Uh, China has tested a new space capability with a hypersonic missile, according to Financial Times. The report on Saturday cited multiple sources familiar with the test. And said Beijing launched the nuclear-capable missile in August. The missile circled the Earth at low orbit before speeding towards its target, according to the sources, demonstrating an advanced space capability that caught U.S. intelligence by surprise. Dun dun dun. <laughs> they were they were too busy focusing on like William Shatner going up on his little space flight. Yeah, surprise, mofos. <laughs> like which is cooler china testing a nuclear space missile that circles the earth before it's launched or captain kirk you know actually visiting space i mean if you're a nerd captain kirk obviously yeah obviously <laughs> <laughs> a three people briefed on the on the intelligence or lack of intelligence told financial times that the missile missed its target by more than 20 miles so while it's cool that it can go around the earth and potentially drop a nuke somewhere, you know, from a technology perspective, apparently it needs to work on its accuracy. Well, yeah, that's pretty far off. So does Joe Biden. <laughs> I mean, as long as you're going to be blowing up brown kids and innocent people, you probably got to work on your accuracy, too. So. Yeah, well, you know. Just throwing that out there. Plus, it's a first test. Like you expect that you expect them to nail it, like pinpoint on, <laughs> on the first It's crazy that it could circle the earth before it went towards its target. Yeah. That's kind of creepy. Well, and that's that's the thing about this particular type of missile from what I've gleaned uh, overnight. So that means I've read this article and probably two other ones. Are, small words, know, Captain. Yeah. Small words. This is a simple audience here. <laughs> so from what I've gleaned, uh, that's the entire point of it is that they can launch these missiles up into space from wherever. And then it can circle the Earth for you know maybe more than once and then figure out where its target is and then come out of space and hit it. So like... Hmm. And I think this article will go into it. Uh, so uh, they said the test showed that China had made astounding progress on hypersonic weapons and was far more advanced than U.S. officials realized. The FT sources said the hypersonic glide vehicle was carried by a Long March rocket, launches of which China usually announces, though the August test was kept under wraps. So it was a surprise launch. <laughs> They're like, hey, we didn't tell you about this one. Probably because of the, they would have to justify it if it went poorly. 
right? Like if it went poorly, you don't make the announcement. Hey, we just launched a missile into space. It circled the Earth and only missed by twenty miles. Yeah, right. Like that's a positive. Yeah, like oops. <laughs> then it looks like then then they, then they're on par with North Korea, who like we're gonna shoot one at Japan and then like goes a hundred feet off the cliff and plops into the ocean. Like huh, you guys aren't doing anything. Uh, U.S. Pentagram spokesman, I mean Pentagon spokesman John Kirby said he would not comment on the specifics of the report. But he added, we have made clear our concerns about the military capabilities China continues to pursue. Capabilities that only increase tensions in the region and beyond. That is one reason why we hold China as our number one pacing challenge. Hmm. Because, you know, they don't want competition. I still want to know if people are still going to call the U.S. the like largest military power in the world now. Because it seems like China's... Well, I think the yeah. U.S. already has this ability. So, you think so? Yeah, yeah. China's just catching up. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Why would you? Why would you think that? Well, I think what this, makes you think that? I think we're smarter than they are. I think. <laughs> I think this article tells us that. Oh. Okay. oh but little, I'm not sure. Let's continue. All right. A little foreshadowing here. Let's let's go. Yeah, five shadow. Whatever. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Along with China, the United States, Russia, and at least five other countries are working on hypersonic technology. Whoa. Weird. Whoa. How did you know? I, it's almost as if the he words were right in front of me. from over the overnight. Yeah, I was gleaning. <laughs> I'm a big gleaner. <laughs> it, yeah, I, I'm going to start a gleaning business. If y'all okay. need some gleaning done, you know, let, let a guy know. Right. Kickassgleaning.com. Now you got to register, man. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, hypersonic missiles like traditional ballistic missiles, which can deliver nuclear weapons, can fly at more than five times the speed of sound. Sound, sound. So you'll never hear it coming. No, you won't. You'll hear it after it's already there. Yep. That's usually how that works. But ballistic missiles fly high into space and to reach their target while a hypersonic flies on a trajectory low in the atmosphere, potentially reaching a target more quickly. Crucially, a hypersonic missile is maneuverable, making it harder to track and defend against, while countries like the U.S. have developed systems designed to defend against crews and ballistic missiles the ability to track and take down a hypersonic space missile remains questionable. Well, maybe for the U.S., because the Chinese people are all enjoying their math classes, right, and doing all these trajectory and calculations. Well, I think even with that, okay, like with the current, like let's just say China and the U.S. have identical missile defense systems. I think that neither of them would be able to defend against this particular type okay. of missile. So this is the world better than this I mean, is better than nukes. Well, I mean it's nuclear capable for sure. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. What do you think about China testing these new nuclear missiles from space? More free talk live is coming up. Live is the name of the show. What do we do here? Why we're a live call-in radio talk program with broken phones. With bro- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we're we're in the process of uh, having our crack team of technicians uh, take care of the phone situation. We apologize to anybody who is trying to call, but. 
in like five minutes or so, the phones will be back up. And the telephone number is 603-283-6160. If you'd like to join us in the studio, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Nikki and Rich Rich. We've been talking about this article from Al Jazeera via Financial Times, where apparently China is testing nuclear-capable space missiles, the, the layman's terms for what's going on. And I still think that sounds very hyperbolic, right? They're testing new technologies that have the capability to deliver nuclear missiles via space, right? Yeah. But is that the primary function of these things? I believe so, yes. Well, I thought you led it with, like, for space travel of some kind, like, to get people from hither to yon. Well, no. to me, the missile, uh, it no, would be is, a weapon. Yeah, this, right? is a, okay. this is a weapon. All right. Yeah, specifically. I, I think we, you know, maybe we got lost in the weeds with comparing it to Captain Kirk. Well, because I yeah. <laughs> I thought you said space travel initially. No. Okay. No. But it is cool that, what do you say, it can go five times the speed of sound? Or ps- yes. So that's cool. That's like we're getting close to being able to travel to different solar systems. Yes. So this is some Star Trek stuff. Yeah. It, well, it's a low Earth orbit space missile delivery device. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll deliver a nuclear capable missile from space. They send the thing up into space. It circles the Earth. So As long as what? As long as it needs. Question mark. So it goes fast, but for a short distance? Like it's more of a sprint and less of a marathon type of deal? Oh, I mean... Because I'm, I'm wondering if it can travel far distances or if it's well, just it like a the close... Globe. Right, but once you get into space, things kind of like things slow get down big. and you don't need as much propulsion. Yeah. Right, to right, that. to move as fast. Right, right, yeah. Three then I'll be impressed. Up. Right. We're, well, we still got like 200 years until Star Trek times so really right isn't it um yeah, oh, i'm gonna no, really I, make I, myself sound like a nerd here no, i think that, it's 2270 yeah, is so like I think right, right around there yeah i think you're <laughs> right as a matter of fact for at least star trek the original series yeah but yeah. don't they kind of all stretch in that span well they do now <laughs> there's a like timeline of <laughs> yeah, yeah anyways thank you for being the nerd <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> i i as a uh I don't know if you'd call me a Trekkie or a Trekker. There are distinct definitions for both of those uh, words, but I I am a fan of the Star Trek universe, if you will. Uh, I've watched them all, all of them, like every episode, every movie. uh, I've seen them all. So I hate to get off track, but just really quick, we need a vote. Star Trek or Star Wars? Well, see, I'm I'm ambivalent. I, I love both. Me too. But you got to pick one. Tiebreaker then. Star Wars. Boom. Well, you're in the minority then. No, because no? you're both and she's both. So there's three votes for Star Wars. I, if I had to pick Trek. one, it would be Star Wars. I do have two Star Wars tattoos uh, and I have no Star I, Trek I, tattoos. So if that kind of speaks volumes. Phaser to my head, I'd go Star Trek. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nerds. Phaser or blaster? Phaser. Okay. Yeah. I, I like the sound it makes when it opens up. Okay. You remember the old Nokia, yeah, I can get down the old Nokia flip phones? Yeah. Right? I used to have one that made the sound when you open it up. I can't make the sound because I don't know how to imitate that sound. But, you know, the, the Star Trek, tr- the Trek chirp. Yeah. I don't even know the I sound. Getcha. Also, Star Trek is responsible for shook shook. What is that? What's shook shook? That's the sound that right. space doors make when you walk through them. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Shook shook. Right? Yeah, okay. you're starting Somebody to out nerd me. The, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Anyways, carry don't, on. Don't, don't worry. I can. I mean, I can hold my own with the best of the nerds sometimes, not all the time. 
there are many nerds who outnerd me by well large stretches. Sorry, bro. I'm just not that into Pokemon. Oh, come on. Pokemon. Somebody I was talking to recently was trying to get me to watch, I don't know, the cartoon spinoff of either Star Wars or Star Trek. I'm not sure. Okay. And I was like, dude, I haven't watched animation since, like, you know, the original G.I. Joe animation. (laughs) Okay. So you were missing out. Outside of, like, like I do watch South Park. Right, like I watched The Simpsons. I I've, I haven't watched an episode of The Simpsons in a decade, right? So like I will watch some animation here and there, but generally it's adult humor, and it's got to be like yeah. that 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 twelve year old funny yeah. animation, right? Ren and Stimpy, you know, somewhere in in that vein. And so I have not watched any of the animated bits for either Star Wars or Star Trek. At least on the Star Wars side, I want to say you're missing out. Because I'm like, it, you might have been talking to me, but I wasn't pushing it on you if, if we were having this conference. I'm in the middle of uh, the uh, the Clone Wars cartoon it's animated good. series. Oh. It's good. It's good. Right. And you're like, oh, I'm an adult. Like, this looks like it's for kids. No. You can no. totally enjoy it as an adult. I just... I enjoy cartoons anyway. So, yeah. like, you know. I would probably be better off not watching, but listening Okay. to those. It's something about the actual animation itself okay. that makes me just go... Okay. Eh. You need and, like a real person there. Well, and so, Marvel just, just wrapped up like a tweener series, uh, right? About the multiverse, right? Yeah. That was all animated. As I well. didn't watch those either. So missing out. I didn't so, see that. Uh, but I'm I'm old, so like I come from a time when you know there was a time when you graduated from cartoons, right? Cartoons were for kids, and never graduated. You just stopped watching them, and that's what I did. I stopped watching cartoons, and I just never started again outside of the ones that I mentioned, South okay. Park, for example. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You, you I don't really think it was you. We had a conversation similar to this, but I was okay. having a conversation with somebody else. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I wouldn't push it on anybody, but I do. Yeah. You know, I do enjoy. Oh it. no, this is my, my other friend was like, "Oh, dude, you have yeah. to." You know, and I'm like, "I don't have." It to fills in anything. gaps. Now I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> it it fills in gaps to stories. So how did we get on? Oh yeah, we were talking about space missiles and nerds, right? Space nerds. wars, space, the final frontier. <laughs> that's that's the knockoff Star Wars. The, some low budget movie house does. Oh, I uh this is something that I suffer from. It's an ailment. I don't know if it's an official ailment, but I suffer from what I call gobot syndrome. Oh, okay. Right. And so this is uh, for those of you who don't know what a gobot is in our listening audience, uh, at first there were transformers more than meets the eye. And then there were knockoff transformers. And then there were sort of the generic version of the transformers called gobots. And they were literally less expensive to purchase, of course, than than the Transformers were. If you were to go buy the actual, uh, you know, the car that turns into a robot or whatever that kind of a thing. And so, you know, it was Christmas. I was ten or something. I don't know. And I, I want for I want Transformers for Christmas. I didn't get Transformers. I got GoBots. Aww. That's kind of sad. Yeah. And this has continued through my life, right? Like something really cool will come out and I can't afford it, but then there'll be like the generic version of it and then somebody will gift it to me or somehow I'll end up with it. And so, yeah, I suffer from what I call GoBot syndrome. Brand name or bust, baby? Oh, bust. Bust, nah. nah. <laughs> De- depending on the item, I will uh, buy ones, cry ones. 603 283 Six zero. Coming up, we are going to talk about a man who plunged nine stories from a high rise. And did he survive? We'll find out. More Free Talk Live is coming up.
When a lunar observatory detects a radio broadcast originating from Proxima Centauri, the nations of Earth discover their first contact with an alien race may also be their last. With the Proximans facing an extinction-level disaster, Earth must choose between sending a ship on a multi-year journey or allowing nature to take its course. Saving Proxima, a hard science fiction thriller by Travis S. Taylor and Les Johnson. From BaneBooks.com. Yes, come on and dial 603-283-6160. Phones are working. Yeah, phones are working. This is Free Talk Live. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Nikki. And Richie Rich. We're going to tell you about this guy who fell nine stories from a New Jersey high rise in just a bit. But first, let's go to the phones. We have Robert from South Carolina. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Thank you, sir. I, I just wanted to say that some, I, I think a few minutes ago, you, someone at your radio station predicted that. Um, we might have to wait until the year 2270 for the technology to travel interstellar, like, you know, with um, Star Trek and that kind of thing. But actually, I I don't really think you can put a timeline on it because I don't think you realize what kind of technologies would be behind that. First of all, you wouldn't be able to do it at this, at, 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 with our present technologies because you'd have to far exceed the speed of light in order to really get around to visiting other societies. What you'd have to do is you'd have to have more and more technology. Right. And that would mean harvesting the power of the universe. In other words, we're at energy level zero. We'd have to get to energy level three to open up a wormhole through which we could pass somebody. And the fact of the matter is, is that it's very difficult to say how long it would take us to develop and be able to use all the underlying technologies. And that's why I would say we can, there's no way we can begin to predict when that would possibly be. Yeah, let me stop you right there, Robert. Because Your prediction is already wrong, Nikki. <laughs> well, it, I don't think she was predicting. <laughs> no. What she was saying, uh, Robert, was that the Star Trek... Trek original series supposedly took place on what was the date around the year 2270s there so uh, but you are correct robert in that yes it would take some incredible technology uh if you are watching the current star trek offering known as discovery they actually propose uh traveling on something called the mycelium network which is Something that actually exists. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Isn't that like a mushroom thing? It is. It's yeah. very much a, a mushroom thing. One of the it's leading... like an underground network of fungi, basically, right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember the character's name on the show now because it's the same mm. as the University of Washington researcher who did all the research on magic mushrooms. And he's the one who put this into, into play. So they used this guy's name in the show. That's kind of cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, so anyway, the the name of this particular guy in Star Trek Discovery is the same. Uh, Would so, you travel through a wormhole if the technology was proven and viable? Uh, yes, I would. Robert, would you travel through a wormhole? 
Uh, yeah, if, if the technology were, if I believe that the technology were correct, absolutely. I mean, either you can do it or you can't do it. But I certainly wouldn't experiment with something that would halfway done. But we wouldn't do that. I'm sure we would, would wouldn't know what we were doing when we got to that point. So I would have no compunctions against it. No, no problem with that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Nikki? I wouldn't be the first person to do it, but like if people were doing it and it was a thing, yeah, for sure. You probably wouldn't be the first. It's like if this did happen, and I hate to say it, it's likely going to be some sort of government program. And they would likely experiment on soldiers first. Well, okay. Or the people. Hey, That's thanks right. for the call tonight, Robert. We appreciate <laughs> it. Um, I get it. But those are the people going like, dude, you signed up, your government property, go through the wormhole. I know. We got to see what of. happens. Like, if I were presented the opportunity to be the first, I would totally do it. Yeah. Cool. Like, I realize, you know, I'm not a government person, you know, obviously, I'm not in the military, right. I'm not in NASA, anything like that. But if, like, they were just like, we need a random volunteer, or, like, you know, I won the lottery of, like, hey, go through the wormhole first, I'd be like, sure, why not? I felt the same way about, like, manned Mars missions. Yeah. Like, if, if you yeah. needed a guinea pig, send me from there. Sign up. On the dotted line, day one, put me on Mars. Yeah, so no. So be it. That's not me. I'm not a pioneer type of person. The uh, the guy's name is Paul Stamets. Oh, I was, yeah. S-T-A-M-M-E-T-S. I didn't know that's who you're talking about. Yeah, Paul Stamets is the... His name, they use his name for a character in Discovery? They use his name for a character in Star Trek Discovery. He's the he's the doctor that sort of engineers this mycelial network that allows the ship to sort of jump to wormhole from point A to point B without having to travel at like warp speed or something I totally missed that. And I think I watched, I was watching Discovery or I got into it more before I kind of discovered Paul Stamets. Yeah. So So, I think maybe that's why too. So I didn't know any of this. I started watching the first series of Discovery and I was like, oh wow, that's pretty cool. That's a neat concept, you know, kind of a thing. And then a friend of mine was like, hey, I understand you're watching the new Discovery. And I'm like, yep. And he's like, well, what do you think about Paul Stamets? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, you know, uh, you know, he's like, well, you know, they based that on like a real dude. And I'm like, no way. Right. And this particular friend of mine happens to be very into yeah, he's a nerd about mushrooms. OK. OK. Was, you know, and other psychedelics and that kind of stuff. He studies this stuff. Uh, and so he's a huge nerd about it. And so he knew about Paul Stamets before they used him in Star Trek. And he's telling me all the background on it. Uh, he just happens to have been, I think he was teaching at the University of Washington at the time, uh, whenever this came out, the first season. And so uh, my friend was all about it. And he was telling me all this stuff that I can't remember. He told me a whole bunch of stuff about how he, you know, he actually studied this and it's based on his actual research. But, and so because. Somebody, one of the showrunners, one of the writers of the show was also a fan of his. And so they approached him and they said, hey, can we use your name? Because we're using this as a, you know, sort of a, I mean, they put a spin on it, right? Of course. You know, they have to. It's a dramatization. Science science fiction is what it is, right? But, and he was like, sure. And so they named this character, Paul Stamets, in the show. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's not enough to get me to watch the show, but I credit where it's due. That's kind of cool. You're not a Star Trek fan? No, not at all. Wow. Seen, seen wow. zero Star Trek. Even, so how do you know you don't like it series? if you've never seen it? Right. Because I have no desire to start. That's okay. Okay. That's how I feel I'll about uh, animation. Yeah, that's fine. I, I already waste incredible amounts of time doing things I you know, would otherwise be right. productive. Which is know. why I said I would, if, if it was me, I wasn't pushing it. But I, I, I do watch it. I do. I like cartoons. All kinds. Okay. Always have. Never really stopped watching cartoons in some form or fashion. What do you know? All right, so this from the New York Post, no segue. We're just going right into it. Just dive right in. Let's do it. (laughs) Well, that's kind of funny you say that. 
<laughs> the headline reads, man plunges nine stories from New Jersey high-rise, lands on a BMW. That's the coolest part Aww. right there. And survives. Do you suppose if it had been a different brand of car, like a Volkswagen or something, like he'd, he'd be dead, do you suppose the BMW specifically is what saved his life? If I was part of BMW marketing, that would definitely be part of it now, right? And I, I think if it was any lesser of a vehicle, they probably wouldn't have labeled it in the headline, right? Yeah, like, exactly. They wouldn't be like, on this Honda Civic. Right. <laughs> landed on a Prius and survived. 82 Chevy Citation. Right. Yeah. But BMW, man, durable and padded. A man plunged nine stories from a high-rise in Jersey City. Landed on a BMW, miraculously survived, according to officials and a witness. The 31-year-old crashed through the roof of the Black Beamer 330i, parked below 26 Journal Square at 10.20 a.m. Wednesday, then stood up with his right arm dangling at his side and asked, what happened? Yeesh. See, and uh, for the BMW, they even list the model. Yeah. It's a nice car. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this particular one isn't so nice anymore. But that how cool is that, though? I mean, injured, yes, right? But just an arm at this yeah, point? Yeah, that's crazy. Conscious? Going like, what? I was a minute ago, a second ago, I was, I was up there, and now, whose car is this? 21-year-old Christina Smith was the witness who uh, told this to the New York Post. I heard a big boom, and I didn't think it was a person at first, said Smith. The back window of the car just busted out, exploded. Then the guy jumped up and started screaming. His arm was all twisted. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. I don't think she was a valley girl. But uh, I was. she says, I was shocked. It was like being in a movie, said Smith, who works in sales and had been strolling to a nearby McDonald's. He was like, what happened? And I was like, you fell. <laughs> this said. is awesome. It kind of reminds me of the, the uh, scene from like Gone in 60 Seconds. Where it was like, are you okay? Because you just went through a wall. <laughs> You just fell nine stories, bro. 603-283-6160. We'll get to the bottom of this. <laughs> well, I guess the thing I guess we'll we'll have our fall intercepted by a BMW and learn more about this man's story when we come back. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back, everybody. It is Free Talk Live. The telephone number here in studio, if you'd like to join us, is 603-283-6160. It is the Sunday night edition. I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Church is in session. The sermon has already begun. We're into, what, the third segment already of first hour. Joining me, Nikki and Richie Rich. Uh, Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there now and click on Get Started right at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find all sorts of valuable information neatly organized to suit your needs. There's no longer any excuse to ignore this very important and world-changing information. If you're already a knowledgeable cryptocurrency user, you can check out news.bitcoin.com and get the latest headlines for all of the news 
that's relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for everything crypto, like getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news on a very slick and easy-to-use website. Please visit Bitcoin.com. All right, so we haven't really dug much into this story of the man who fell, what, nine stories? Yeah. What this What's says? the furthest you've ever, you've ever fallen and survived? Well, hmm, fallen. That's, you know, like uh, we used to jump okay. off of like a two-story garage or story, you know, the big garage with like the storage sure. area on top. We used to jump onto like two or three mattresses in the side yard. And a friend of mine actually ended up breaking his leg oh, doing gosh. so. And so he would go to school and have the big long cast and the crutches. And then he got the crutches off. And then we were still doing the thing. And so he was like, I got the crutches off. I can finally participate again. And he breaks the other leg. Oh, no man. way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What are the odds? Well, at least you know it, it You know, heals up stronger. There you mm-hmm. go. So, uh, yeah, you know, at your own risk, of course. So I guess that would be the furthest that I've fallen and survived. Yeah. I used to do a lot of, like, quarry jumping or, like, cliff jumping into bodies of water. Oh. But that's, like, I don't know, like, what, 40 feet up? Yeah. It's like not. A couple, three, four stories. Yeah. Maybe. I don't think yeah. I've taken that big of a fall, like from any height. Yeah, I've... I was a little scared of heights in high school, so I decided to overcome that by dangling off the ledge of the third story. Yeah, but never fell. We had the uh, the Olympic sized uh, pool and the diving things, the platforms, not the the springboard ones, yeah. but the just the platform that you okay. like stand on and then dive from. They're like concrete, but like yeah, those way ones that up. are really high up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We had those. I never did the top one. I only did like the one before the top. Yeah. So, I, and I think that that was you know really not that big a deal. But that's it. I mean, so like this to me is like I can't imagine falling nine right. nine stories. Nine stories. Yeah, and my crazy. first thought was, was, I don't even know if there's a building in New Hampshire that's nine stories high. Yeah, honestly, I I have yeah exactly. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's I don't think I've seen a building nine right. stories high here in New Hampshire. Uh, I've been here two years, two plus. So at any rate, my first thought is: Is this guy trying to commit suicide? What's going on, uh, Richie? Rich, you're telling me that that may not be the case. I will, will I, it be revealed. I skimmed the article. I gleaned the article a little bit. Did you? Yeah, and I, it's it's revealed that it doesn't see, appear that way. Did you want to? Do you have it up, or should I? I mean, I, I do have it up. Do you want me to just pick I up can, where you I, left I, off? If you want to, yes. Okay. Oh my God! I was shocked. It's like in a movie. Said the <laughs> the, the the girl. Uh, who works in sales, strolling nearby McDowell. He was like, what happened? And I was like, you fell. I was thinking, thank God, it probably helped that he had a fluffy jacket on. Oh my, I don't <laughs> think so, but sure. <laughs> she said, adding she thought the coat may have shielded him from deeper wounds. Okay, maybe. Maybe deeper wounds. Yeah, like maybe right? like glass and stuff. Right. But, but I, I don't, don't think it would have like prevented broken bones. In, in <laughs> the picture that they have... In this particular post, they do show shattered glass, and he is wearing a puffy jacket. Yeah, it looks like I don't where he's crawling out of. It looks like it could also have been like a, a sunroof, moonroof type of thing. Yes. Yeah. So that could have absorbed a little bit of the energy and dispersed it in the broken glass on the way down. Yep. Uh, she quickly called nine one one, then took draw dropping photos and videos. Oh, say good. See, 
she she dialed nine one one first, and then oh, instead of right, okay, and then right. she went all TMZ on him, right? <laughs> uh, of the aftermath, including graphic footage of the man screaming in pain with upper body injuries. The video also shows a face mask strap still dangling from the guy's ear. <laughs> Thank God he was wearing a mask. <laughs> roughly falling yeah, he might have died if he wasn't wearing the mask. <laughs> Those COVID masks work. <laughs> they keep the virus off you and prevent you from falling. Don't let CNN get a hold of this. <laughs> That's exactly what they'll say. This man would have died if it wasn't for his surgical mask. Luckily, he had on his COVID mask. The man who jumped from an open window on the ninth floor was rushed to a hospital uh, by ambulance and was in critical condition Thursday, said New Jersey uh, City spokeswoman so, Kimberly Wilson. So he did jump. Well, but it doesn't. It it goes on, but it, I don't remember it being like a suicide. Okay, I wasn't right, trying. I don't think right, we'll, we'll find out. Continue. Uh, the man didn't work inside the building, and it was unclear why he was there. Workers and witnesses said he refused to give cops his name and was not being cooperative as of Thursday afternoon, according to a source familiar with the case. Atta boy. Yeah. <laughs> he fell into the car through the sunroof. There you go. Then climbed out of the car and fell onto the ground. He was trying to get up, but people were telling him to stay down. You don't know how hurt you are. Uh, said Mark Bordeaux, 50, who works in the building and saw the aftermath of the jump. So he stayed there until police and ambulance came. He kept saying, leave me alone. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I want to die. Maybe I was, what the hell was I reading? Huh. Then? I, uh, I don't see another purpose to jump from a, out of a nine-story window. I mean, entertainment, obviously. Understood. Obviously. Uh, Just to ruin saw, this person's BMW. <laughs> you saw one of his arms was clearly broken, but he was conscious he was moving, he said. I, I, maybe it was just a different source. I can't imagine having a different article, but I was reading something where it was, it was someone who fell, um, but wasn't pushed and didn't jump. Like it was, oh, okay. it was unclear how they got up there and fell. Uh, he wanted to die. That's his agenda, but God had something else in mind. Oh, Police were investigating Thursday, but he said the incident doesn't involve suspicious circumstances. According to Wallace Scalzone, uh, people who have plunged from much lower heights have died or killed others in recent months including a man who jumped from a parking garage in San Diego, mm. California in September we covered, and landed on a woman below, killing them. We covered oh, that gosh. briefly on Free Talk Live where, the, yeah, the dude jumped and instead of killing himself, he landed on somebody else killed and killed, well, killed both of them, apparently. They do have some photos of this car and it is wrecked. Yep. Like the the roof is caved in so much so that you can see the headrests of the back seats fully exposed as if it was... Sort of a convertible of sorts, but the frame still exists on either side of it. Hmm. Glasses everywhere, of course. And, I mean, I'd be surprised if they don't say that this guy's car is still... Can you imagine being the guy who owned this Beamer? That's what I'm saying. If if it was a be- Based on what I know about Beamer owners, he's probably more concerned about the car. Oh, yeah. I mean... Like I this guy. So. <laughs> How am I, I supposed so. to get to work today? I mean, what kind of a tale would you be able to tell... Right. Imagine, you know, let's say it's a dude and he owns the Beamer and he goes home and let's say he's married and he goes home to the wife and he's like, you'll never guess what happened to me today. <laughs> or to make the call to the boss like, hey, I'm not going to make it in. You're not going to believe it. <laughs> this dude just landed on my car. If I were this guy's boss and he called in like that, I'd be like, I got to have some evidence. Yo, I need some pics. I need video. Yeah. It'll pics be on TMZ happen. in the morning, you man. Wait for the news cycle. Wow, Joyzy. You never know what's going to happen. Crazy place. I never, like, I always wondered, like, why, if someone was trying to commit suicide, like, why is jumping what you'd pick? There are so many better ways to 
you know, do it rather than to jump. Like, there's just so much room for error, clearly, because this guy landed on the car instead of the pavement, which is probably what he was expecting. But the I, biological imperative for survival is very strong. I, yeah, I wouldn't be able to do it. Right. But the act of jumping costs nothing. People jump from things all the time. So you can overcome the biological imperative to not jump right. by simply jumping. And so know. what it's happens in, right. So what happens is during the we'll call it flight, during the fall, if you will, is when your biological survival mechanisms kick in. Right. And you can't do anything about it. So you you've made the decision to jump, and that's a decision you can overcome the, the mechanisms. Right. But then during the fall, your mechanisms all kick in. Yeah. And like I'm sure a lot of people who have done committed suicide this way, you know, while they're falling, like, oh crap. Yep. Right. There, like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done this. There's I, a weird psychological thing that when you get to a like really high heights and look down, there's like an impetus to want to jump. No, not for me. Understood. Uh uh-uh, uh. No. People 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 experience that. Yeah. Like the desire to jump. Even though they're not suicidal at all. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I uh, have a very healthy fear of heights. And when I go, even like sightseeing, you know, you go up on a tall building to do the overlook, my legs get all right, yeah. gelatinous and like yeah. weird. Yeah. I don't like that at all. 603-283-6160 is the telephone number if you'd like to join us. Our number two is next. What did the U.S. Treasury Department say about the good shortages? Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today, video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Kicking off the second hour of tonight's program. Hour number two. This is Free Talk Live. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. The telephone number, if you would like to join us, is 603-283-6160. Operators are standing by. Oh, no, I don't know. They're probably not standing by. I, I usually screen the calls myself, but, you know. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. And Nikki. Richie Rich. I just, I always have the Ginsu Knives commercial stuck in my head. I'm, I'm a child of that era, you know. Now, how much would you pay? But Wait. There's wait, more. There's more. Five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. Five easy payments. If you act now, you also get absolutely free this set of Ginsu knives. I think the coolest thing was when those things got a retail shop, 
like the as seen on TV store. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh man, now I can just go buy it. A whole I, bunch of junk. O- over time, I've purchased many things that have the as seen on TV yeah. logo. Uh, one of them is the magnetic screen door. Okay. Right, that hangs over you know entryway of your choice. Uh, what was the? Oh, I have these. Uh, I have this thing in the kitchen. Uh, it's basically a square. And you put your coffee maker on it so you can slide it out easily from underneath oh, the cabinetry cool. and then slide it back when you're done using it. We had the George Foreman grill growing up. That was yeah. our like yeah. classic as seen on yeah. TV thing. But nowadays with the internet, it's like the funnest part was like being a kid and your like parents let you dial the number and you like <laughs> that was the best part. So now the internet has kind of, you know, yeah. ruined the novelty so, of that. As a as a product of the internet, it's like generational thing. I think I diverge with a lot of liberty-minded individuals where I'm okay with targeted advertisement on social media because I have purchased things yeah. off of Facebook. As a result? As a result. Yeah. I go, great. Like if I, you know, like the, you know, I, I bought some Crocs for work because I was working in a kitchen. Makes sense, man. When yeah. you're back of the house, it's, it's legit. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. But I wasn't even like looking for shoes. I just thought to myself, like, I need new shoes. Mm. And then Facebook goes like, yeah. we read your mind. Here's an ad for Crocs. <laughs> Buy one, get one 50% off. Like, like, I'll take did, two. How did they know? Right. So I don't care. Like, <laughs> they knew and I bought. Like, that's. See, I, I don't didn't like have to that. go shopping. Because yeah, I'm a sucker. And I will buy so much stuff that I don't need. Really? So and I've actually gotten like a lot better about During this. During the break, let's have a chat. I have something to sell you. Goldbex. Uh, uh, before we go on, I do need to say, uh, please welcome News Talk 98.3 FM and 1290 AM KGVO in Missoula, Montana. Uh, they've been carrying our show for, I think, a couple of weeks now, but uh, we, we, welcome just found them. Out. we welcome them officially today. So thank you for listening in Missoula and also 1240 AM KLYQ in Hamilton, Montana. That's a news talk radio station, 1240 AM KLYQ in Hamilton, Montana. Welcome and thank you for carrying this program. And who's going to be the first one of you to make that call? 603-283-6160. All right. I uh, talked about this just as we were going to the break in the last segment. But this seems, uh, there's so much to say about this particular subject. Well, let's just get into it. The headline, this is from RT.com. The U.S. Treasury Deputy Secretary warns unvaxxed Americans that shortages will continue until everyone is jabbed. So for those of you listening who don't know what they might be insinuating here, if you're not familiar, there are hundreds of cargo ships on both the West Coast and the East Coast that are waiting to come to port to unload the goods that have been ordered and paid for and et cetera and so on, uh, mainly due to you know the government lockdowns and that kind of a thing is is why the backup exists. Well, and in California, I think there was like a, a Foundation for Economic Education yes. article yes. that basically said it's California policy right. that got rid of all the truckers, reduced all the stevedores, yeah. and everyone that would be doing all this work to move it on out are not allowed to because of California right. policy. Because, well, yeah, they have a bunch of uh, legislation and right. that type of thing. Uh, in addition to all of that, they're not allowing these ports to operate 24-7. They're only operating for like one shift a day, both on the East Coast and West Coast. 
uh, there was another article that I read where Florida was like, hey, over here, guys, we have a port. We're open. <laughs> yep. Come deliver your goods over here. And I thought that was funny that, like, a state had to, like, you know. Yeah. Hey, yo, uh, you know. We're Just like, get it on the trucks. Yeah. We're connected to the rest of the United States, too. Right. But this is so typical, like, about what has been happening the past two years. The government is messing all this stuff up with all of their lockdowns and their mandates and they're blaming it on COVID or they're blaming it on unvaccinated people. It's like, and people fall for that stuff. Oh, yeah. If no, the- it's the state that is messing up everything as they always do. If they're blaming it on the unvaxxed people per the article, it, I think that bolsters the conspiracy theory that it's manufactured. Right? How oh, can absolutely. That, how certainly, can that yeah, be? it certainly lends to that particular point of view. Uh, So the deputy secretary at the U.S. Treasury has put Americans on notice that the only way to end the plague of empty shelves around the country is for every resident to be vaccinated. Like, it's like hogwash. uh, Yeah, it's like, (laughs) how, how are those two things connected? That's like hitting myself in the foot with a shovel for your mortgage. But, well, it's it's connected because it's connected because once they get to a certain level of vaccination, then they will let the ships port. Then they will let people go and unload the ships. Then they will let the trucks go. I mean, well, but they're tough. not they're is, not going to allow all that. Is right? that not like some form of blackmail? Yes. That's what I'm saying. It, that's why it's, I'm saying it lends credence to the fact that it's manufactured. Because they could do that now, right, and just have it be an acceptable level of COVID risk, right, but they won't. The frank warning came off as a threat to many. Wally Adeyemo, I think I'm mispronouncing that, A-D-E-Y-E-M-O, the Biden administration's second highest official in the Treasury Department, appeared to publicly blackmail the still sizable portion of Americans who have not been vaccinated against COVID-19 during a Thursday ABC interview, seemingly blaming them for the ongoing shortages of consumer goods that have led many to mock the president as Empty Shelves Joe. Let's go. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. We'll talk about Let's Go Brandon in a minute. Oh, okay. Actually, let's do it now. Um, since we've brought I, it up. I've seen another picture or, or article where like Trader Joe's sent out a cease and desist <laughs> because people were making traitor. Traitor, yeah. traitor Joe's. So oh, that's hilarious. So I, I was just scrolling through some of the comments. I can't really go through them all, but there were some comments from some of our listeners or watchers over at uh, video.freetalklive.com. You guys are so vulgar. They are very so vulgar. Naughty, like, naughty. You know, but, you know, of course, let's go, Brandon, right? And so if you guys know what that means, great. If not, bust out your magic rectangle and, and look it up because it's hilarious. It's a dog whistle, so we're not going to define it for you because that's how dog whistles work. <laughs> uh, people say hello. They call this. Uh, oh, yeah. So somebody was talking when we were talking about the nuclear missile from space. Somebody says rods of God, anybody? And we actually covered that here on Free Talk Live, which is also uh, an insane device, right? They launch a satellite up into space and they just drop, literally just steal rods from space. And they have, because they come through the atmosphere at such a velocity, they have the impact of almost a nuclear bomb. Nice. Those are called rods of God. Uh, Should a man with lip rings be on the radio? Well, I think so. I mean. Doesn't matter. You know. Well, he is, so. <laughs> I'm sure there are m- multiple men on radio with lip rings. 
Uh, somebody says tattoos are immoral. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's why I don't like religious people. They all drink too much Kool-Aid. That's why I don't like morals. <laughs> hey, hey, the Kool-Aid only works if everybody drinks it, okay? You got a problem with Kool-Aid? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stuff's good. I'll take some Kool-Aid. It's about speaking the truth and exposing untruths. Okay, I can get down with that. More Let's Go Brandon. Okay. Uh, and then some more vulgar stuff. So, Anyway, video.freetalklive.com. I don't know why you'd want to watch it, That's but people do. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is on the way. back everybody thank you for tuning in it is free talk live the telephone number is 603-283-6160 if you'd like to join us we'll get to your calls and thoughts momentarily in the studio tonight it's myself the reverend captain kickass joining me nikki and richie rich for way too long, the federal government has overstepped its bounds, refusing to abide by the Constitution and committing heinous war crimes both abroad and at home. They've destroyed the currency, and they don't seem to care about their routine violations of individual rights. Even if that wasn't the case, though, isn't it absurd that people in California or some other state thousands of miles away from you gets to determine who rules over you? At nhexit.us, we're trying to change all of that. We've proposed an amendment to the New Hampshire Constitution that would allow New Hampshire to declare its independence from the shenanigans, warmongering, and economic destruction wrought by the United States government. Sign the petition today at nhexit.us. Let's see New Hampshire exit the U.S. So we were kind of talking about that at dinner, and one of the things came up, like, well, what if the United States puts a blockade on the borders and cuts off Maine. I was like, we should probably invade Maine. And like, that would triple the size of New, the greater New Maine's Hampshire. Maine's cool. Though. Right? I can get down with Maine. We, we should do no invasion because it's a violation of the map. Yeah, fine, Captain. We I could thought just, it was funny. We could just ask them, like, yeah. hey, ask do them you want to be New Hampshire? To join, yeah. Would you like to be Western New Hampshire or Southern New Hampshire? Wait, where's that, Maine? Or Southwest? They're East, that'd be Eastern East. New Hampshire. Yeah, Northeast. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would or you, just call it Greater New Hampshire at that point. Yeah, right? oh, I like that. I don't, see, I have a problem with calling stuff great or greater. Okay. Right, like Great Britain, like, okay, we're, we're, where's just mediocre Britain? Liverpool. <laughs> right. <laughs> just call it, call it colder New Hampshire. Okay. We'll, we'll talk more about, well, all sorts of things, but first, let's go to your calls and thoughts. Who we got first? We've got Major Payne calling from Michigan. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, my brothers of the chill. I'm north of the 45th parallel here, too. So you got um, you got your winter gear on? Well, I got 10 cord of wood coming here, loggers cords, in uh, a couple, three days. That's, that so should I'm, take care I'm, of you. Winter, it's still I'm, hot. I'm, it's not yeah, even cooling it, off yet. It, it gets cold quick, and I got yeah. a lot of wood to cut. I got to put it into soul size size. So what's on your mind tonight, Major? Anyway, um, you guys are talking about the, the libtards in California running off all the truckers with a doo-doo-covered tax stick and whatnot, and the ports being shut down. 
And, uh, well, yes. you know, eight-hour shift. When you're That's how to we put it, too. The whole country after an epidemic is nuts. But Michigan has the rest of the country, as far as all the coastal states, by the cojones if they want to use it because we are connected by the St. Lawrence Seaway to the Atlantic Ocean. Right, and there are... We can can provide Canada with goods, all the states around us. Yep. I mean, that's that's feeding the Midwest right there. Yep, any of the... all of our stuff out at the same time. Any of the Great Lakes states... Uh, have ports, right? Uh, Minnesota has one. Wisconsin's got one. Chicago's got one. Michigan's got one. Uh, you know, anywhere along that St. Lawrence Seaway, you're absolutely correct. Uh, it is connected, and ships can get to and from uh, through those avenues. So, I, and then I, then you got the Erie Canal connecting to the Mississippi. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Anything? So, are you saying shippers have an option, and they're choosing to stay outside of California for financial reasons? Well, there's so much stuff that comes from Ching Lee land and that comes off the Pacific. They don't want to do the horn. Okay. Yeah, it's and so that's why there's two sort of bottlenecks here. There's one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast. Right. But right. the East Coast could very easily, uh, you know, like Major Payne is saying, uh, make some arrangements for some goods to come through the St. Lawrence Seaway and okay. be, you know, picked up at some other ports in the Great Lakes states. Or it could you know, redirect some of their ships south to Florida. Right. You know, it's going to cost them a little bit more, but like how much has it cost them already with these ships just sort of sitting there, not being unloaded and their goods not moving? Right. So when you say terms like we, they could very easily, trucks. I go like, well, why don't they then? What's the motivation not to? I, What's I the incentive? I don't know. Major- because that doesn't cause mass panic and shortages. But do you this, think this the shippers? Making, we make the trucks. Where would you send it? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the the shipping companies, right? The people that have a profit motive to unload, right? You can turn and burn, right? You unload, you yep. take, you load it up with something else, and you hit the next port, right? Right? Why? Why would they fall in line with government diktats if they well, have alternatives? Out? You you know the language they speak, which is coercion and violence. The state does so exactly. Yeah, okay. So if these people are being or these companies are being threatened or bribed or whatever, you know. Okay. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes? Well, that's what I'm asking. Major, your thoughts? Well, I got a, I got a second if you give me a, a quick ditty on you. You were talking about Maine being liberated and annexed to uh, New Hampshire there. I thought it would be funny. If, if, well, if, if we had the government back in the day that we have today that would just print money and throw it at anything, there was an expedition that did not get funding that tried to get up into Canada and chase the British you know, with their tails between their legs after we kicked their asses out of here. But uh, they couldn't get government funding, so it uh, it failed. But, uh, you know, if we had the libtards of the of today, back then, we would now have Canada. Like like Maine being as independent as they are, right, if the, if, if the New Hampshire exit goes through, mm. right, do you think they would want to stay? as part of the United States or join this newly liberated, you know, country which, I, with whom they probably have more in common than the know. greater United States. I don't know. Major? You guys have a border that disconnects Maine from the rest of the U.S. proper, right? That's the point. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so they, they, they pretty much have to annex themselves or well, no, somehow. No, because we also have Alaska, and Alaska is just fine going through Canada to get to the... Oh, yeah, know, I, I know, yeah. but I'm just yeah. saying they've been disconnected from USA proper, so it yeah. just kind of makes sense to roll with the punches. 
Hey, thanks I for the call. So. Thanks for the call, Major. Um, to, uh, to talk a, a little bit, you said that at dinner tonight you were talking about, you know, what that means, and I just want to remind said it in jest, right? No, dinner. but I just like, want to saying we should invade Maine. I just want to remind funny. our listeners that New Hampshire has a Canadian border, yeah, mm-hmm. and New Hampshire also has a coast, right? We have a sea coast, a, a, bit, a yeah. port. So we, you know, if New Hampshire declares its independence from the United States, it has the geography to support trade, mm-hmm. right? Even if the United States decides to like do a blockade or something, that was one of the selling points put forth for the you know the Free State Project, the New Hampshire migration, right? Yeah. Like why one of the reasons why you should pick New Hampshire when it was up for a vote was, hey, we've got an international border and a water port. Yes, right? we are not beholden, we are not landlocked to the Greater United States, right? So it makes it easy and and very good points. Uh, also, to the mm, the ability of New Hampshire to support itself. I'm just talking agriculturally here, right? So uh, there's enough farms there. The growing season is just fine. Yeah, it's the granite state, but like people have lived here long enough. They've established gardens and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It seems like it wouldn't really be that difficult if it was cut off from like all of that kind of stuff. If the U.S. decided to put sanctions on New Hampshire to prevent, you know, goods from flying, I think it would get by just fine. Absolutely, we would. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live, your calls and thoughts, coming up. When Monster Hunter International discovers one of Isaac Newton's wardstones being auctioned off, they decide to steal it and use it to destroy the Chaos God once and for all. But a mysterious thief upends their plan, and it soon becomes a race against time as something much older and infinitely more evil awakens in the jungles of South America. Monster Hunter Bloodlines by New York Times bestselling author Larry Correa and Bane Books. Visit MonsterHunterNation.com for more. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. We're a nationally syndicated radio talk program that also broadcasts to many different, well, websites, podcasts, grabbers. Uh, we're streaming live, many different video sites, video.freetalklive.com. You can get our Odyssey stream there. Lip rings and all. Lip rings and all. And tattoos. And, you know, big goatee. That's go- immoral. Big goatee, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, they didn't pick on your goatee, though. That's because they had your face rings too. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've you've upstaged me yet again, Richard. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm feeling kind of left out. I'm the only person in this room without a beard. Even Coconut, the dog, kind of has a beard. Coconut does kind of have a beard. It's I mean, true. Just tie your hair up the way you had it earlier. Know, right? Yeah, I I prefer <laughs> I prefer non-bearded ladies. But you know, uh, if you want to go to it, I'm sure there's a Spirit Halloween store near here. If you want to go and get the uh, the glue on beard for next I week, probably or something. should. That'd you know be mean? funny. Maybe I'll do that. Okay. Uh, last year we told you about Intercoin, which can help any business and organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. Now Intercoin.org has launched worldwide. Is there a token that you want to launch or an app you want to build? If so, go to Intercoin.org, enter your email address, and the team will get in touch to learn about what your needs are. And while you're there, if you want, 
get some intercoins for yourself. Intercoin.org. All right. Uh, we were talking about New Hampshire, uh, a whole bunch of stuff, but we had mentioned that we have an international border and a port, right? a seaport. Uh, also, too, you know, with the advent of things like, you know, Mr. Musky Guy and his space travels. Oh, yeah, okay. Right? You know, like we could, you know, theoretically get stuff delivered either by drone Right there, mm-hmm. there are some airports here, right? So they could very easily fly in, yeah. uh, you know, drone aircraft or from space if we have to, using China's hypersonic missile. <laughs> well, no, we just build one of those spaceports that's attached oh. by like a giant cable to the Earth, so an elevator can go up and down the giant cable. Your Amazon package connected to your rod of God has been delivered to your port. <laughs> Gosh, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't give Bezos ideas. All right, uh, let's go back to the phones and the fun. Uh, we've got David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, yeah, loads of fun. Sorry, I'm boring you, David. Yeah, you, you sound No, very, I'm boring you, man. It's the other way around. Very, I'm boring you. Don't be boring. What's on your mind, David? Well, I can't help it, man. If the uh, state of New Mexico wouldn't have trafficked my kids, it could have been exciting, but instead I've got to be boring because this is boring material when the state of New Mexico traffics your children illegally. So uh, last night I followed Major Payne as well, and I commented on what he said. He had made a comment about what is essentially standards of evidence, rules of evidence, what's admissible and what's not, and what is, uh, is, uh, uh, meets the standard. In a, well, in a criminal case, he was talking about uh, beyond the reasonable doubt. Okay. And that's a, that's a higher standard of uh, evidence than in... In civil cases, civil cases are the preponderance of the evidence right. or clear and convincing evidence. And and so what I what I said is I could he was complaining that uh, there were what the government was in the habit of doing was taking testimony from uh, two or three people, uh, you know, uh, jail snitches stuff like that, saying that they bought drugs and there's no hard evidence whatsoever. It was just circumstantial testimony. Hearsay, right? the, yeah. Yeah. Where the person, well, it's not, it's not hearsay because they got the actual guy in the witness seat under oath lying, saying that he bought drugs uh, of this quantity over this length of time. Right, but they don't cetera, have pictures of the actual thing or like some other record of the transaction. It's, it's witness testimony only, right? Yeah, you got no hard evidence whatsoever, just, just a witness testimony. And, and so I said I could one-up that, and then I give you the example of the children's and families courts that do not even need that circumstantial evidence. Right. They will convict you and write legal orders based on not, not even allegations, because those, that, those uh, witness testimony, that's at least an allegation of a crime. The, the witness is alleging a crime was committed. They're at least alleging a crime was committed. Now, in the children and families courts, what, what they will do is they will accept uh, uh, as uh, evidence uh, not even an allegation, but an insinuation. So rather than saying that uh, Mr. Olson sexually abused his children, mm-hmm. because that never happened, what they'll say is, Mr. Olson changed the diapers of his children. Right. Yeah. Now, what do, you, what do you think that might mean, Judge? There are many... Yeah, there are many, many cases, David, that you know go right along with what you're saying, where basically the judges or even the caseworkers, uh, when it comes to family court, uh, can do things based on how they feel 
And thank you for the call tonight. Don't we Keep need that, though, when we're talking about the children? Like, don't, don't they like, need to be removed from a t- potentially bad situation? Yeah, and put in even worse situations? Maybe. But in, uh, at least until maybe. the investigation is complete. Uh, I... <sighs> There's so I many disagree. better ways to do it. Not not based on a feeling, right? You, you have to do these things based on evidence. Otherwise, you end up with exactly what we have, yeah. which is a hugely corrupt family court system. More corrupt than the actual regular court system, which we rail on constantly yeah, here on Free Talk Live. Then you'll, you'll get one anecdotal story about where they didn't act, and it was a bad situation, and then they'll say, see, yeah. if only we were able to act on the, you know, well, on if the, only on there the wasn't hunch. a gang that claims a monopoly on violence that put all this system together that doesn't act as an actual system. An actual system is evaluated based on how well it outputs the desired outcome, which the system, the court system, the government, the statist system, the antique, barbaric, murderous system is not evaluated in such a way. When's the last time the United States government gave you a report card on how well they were protecting individual rights? Never. Never. But I'll tell them right now, you get an F. Absolutely. <laughs> so we go back to the, the charitable orphanage situations, right? Leave it up to the churches. Does that worked out so well I for mean, years? I mean, it probably worked better than the state. Yeah. Probably. And even, like, I've talked to people who are foster parents who are, like, those, like, rare, good foster parents. And the stories my friend had told me were, like, horrific. Like, he he had one kid in his custody Mm -hmm. who was on probably, like, 15 different medications. He would have, and, you know, like, half of them are for one thing and then half of them are just for the side effects of the other thing. And they just use these kids to make money off of. So you got like doctors and the pharmaceutical companies and like everybody has their hands in these kids to, um, that sounded weird, but everybody has their hands in, you know, the pockets, so to speak. There are puppets to, in that way. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah. get money to, you know, to somehow. Yes. yes. Because people, human beings respond to incentives and period. I mean, across the board yeah. in any culture. Human beings respond to incentives. So you have to look at how the incentives are structured. Are the incentives in place for foster parents to be proper parents to the children that they foster, right? To treat them, you know, well, to do right by them. Are the incentives in place for that to occur? No. What incentives are in place? Financial incentives. Yep. Financial incentives to get paid to treat children as if they are child labor, to treat children as if they are experiments, to treat children as if they are something other than children. And that is horrific. So your friend is in the foster care system as a good parent, but all the vetting, yeah. all the vetting that they had to undergo yeah. to get that point? Well, and not even just that. It's like he he's trying to make a difference in these kids' lives, yeah. right? He's trying to do good to them. And he can't right. because the state is so involved in their like, you know, the kid is being forced to take meds and, you know, he has to take a sleeping pill and then a pill to wake up and then, you yeah. know, a pill for constipation and then a pill for the opposite. So it's like there's only so much people can do. And there's just like the state getting in the way yeah. of this guy being a good foster parent. Yeah, and the- he tries his best, but it's like almost impossible. Yeah, because the state is monitoring these children as yeah. if they are on some sort of insane house arrest yeah little cash cows on house arrest 603-283-6160 is the telephone number here we've got more of your calls and thoughts on the way this is the live sunday night edition of free talk live more coming up 
616-0-3-2-8-3-616-0. Come on and dial that number if you want to join us. I'm sorry, Richard. What? I said, what am I supposed to do with that information? Pick up the phone and call. Talk about whatever's on your mind, if you like, on nationally syndicated talk radio. As well as the internet. Live as well, yes. Here at Free Talk Live. That's the name of this show, if you're just tuning in. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Nikki. And Richie Rich. And we're here, and we're doing this show. That's cool. I know, like, (laughs) just brilliant, right? I'm having a good time. Way to state the obvious. Captain Obvious If you're listening at Sunday night, (laughs) between 7 and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. It is. We have more calls to go to. Let's go to Dustin in Kansas. Dustin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, DJs. I've got a little um, background sound I, I, I'm i picking up. Hope it's not bothering you. You, you know about That's the government the genocide? The, the NRA is is still supported, and, and the uh, Masonic Templars went down. The second Bill of Rights is a criminal threat or a law to kill. The, catch this. Boston, Boston, Massachusetts, mass cho- shootings, all kin die that comes from Boston, Massachusetts, and and just like the um, the, the society breaking down, that's 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 their freedom of of what they're endorsing, and that I wouldn't doubt it. In the Middle East, Iraq, Iraq's genocide, we were there possibly from Desert Storm, and it might have came from 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 our government about Saddam Hussein's genocide, about the... Um, about- okay, thanks for the call, Dustin. <laughs> uh, like we said, anybody can call, 603-283-6160. Got to give him a fair shake, though. I, you know, um, he was getting to a point somewhere. No, no. A, I a few. I don't think he was. They're turning the frogs I, gay. <laughs> Richie Jones? Sure, why not? Uh, you don't strike me as a... Uh, uh, Alex Jones fan. Oh, uh, you were mistaken. Oh, really? Uh, like, I don't believe everything Alex Jones says. Yeah. However, uh, what I, again, I was talking to this about at dinner tonight. I said, like, on a long enough timeline, Alex Jones is right. I and That's tr- kind of true. And <laughs> I, I kind of like his energy, too. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I like that, like, pow, he got going. I, I it takes three of us. I won't Alex say. Alex Jones does this by himself for longer. Yeah, I won't, rants lo- longer, louder, and faster than all of us. I won't say that I've never you know, listened thing? and or watched, but... <laughs> it's, it's impressive is what it is. <laughs> what I've gotten out of the Alex Jones show uh, when I have tuned in is the guests that he has on. I find them to be far more interesting than Alex Jones himself. Okay. So uh, it's led me to some really neat other people. Like early on, that's how I discovered like uh, pre-cancer Molyneux. Okay. Right. Yeah. It was he was on the Alex Jones show? Um, somebody else was on the Alex Jones show. He interviewed Donald Trump during his campaign. Yeah, like they were buddies. Right? But I haven't. I mean, it's been a decade since I've tuned in. Okay, at least if I not don't more. I don't listen to it on the regular. But yeah. I will. I will say this about that show: you have to be able to separate the facts from the entertainment, right? Because he'll state a lot of things that are true, and then extrapolate beyond that, and that's the entertainment value. And if you can like, if you can, if you can suss out, right, just the facts, then it can be informational. And then, I, you know, I was talking to someone about, you know, the, the fluoride in the water or mm-hmm. whatever. 
and like the source that I gave him was uh, oh, what's the the Infowars Infowars website, website right? Right. Yeah. And I go like, they go like, well, I can't trust this because it's Infowars. And I go, that's fine, but if you go to Infowars, like despite all the you know conspiracy theory stuffs in in the articles there, they're all sourced. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you can read the primary source. And, you know, take that away from the, you know, conspiracy claim that comes after it. But there, there's, he's got the documents. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of sources on those websites that you can, you know, drill down as deep as you want and come to whatever conclusion you want. Yeah. But if you can separate it out, right, from the hyperbole. Uh, let's continue with your calls and thoughts. We have Bad Slave calling. Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, thank you. I, uh, don't know why I was delayed there, but that's okay. Because we don't uh, thank care. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Yeah. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, so this, uh, let's go, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> One, two, three. Let's, let's go, go, Brandon. Brandon. Good job, yeah, <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Hang on, bad slave. Go ahead. An interesting side note, I think, is that the uh, Walk Away Project which is also run by a Brandon who was arrested for the uh, January 6th stuff. And, uh, and he got, he wanted to clear himself of that stuff because he's got, he's got half a million of people that walked away from the democratic party. Which I think is is a uh, okay a good thing. Okay, but this is the first time hearing of this walk away campaign or whatever it is. Um, what I don't understand is why isn't it walk away from the government, like completely, like the state, well, walk away from the idea it, of statism it, completely. It, you know, you've got to do these things in stages. No, you don't. If you're dragging, if you're dragging these people out of the Democratic Party and you get them to do that, that's all that was the the expectation is that uh, uh, they're they they would just leave the Democratic Party. They didn't have to join the Republican Party. That's or, like, but that's like uh, saying, oh well, if you have cancer, you have to take part of the cancer out in steps. So you go in and you only take like 10% of well, the cancer. Out. No, you go in and you, you know, take all of the cancer out at one time. So here's another weird well, thing that Kip was the in way, the news. Oh, go ahead. That's the way people work, Captain. They don't work that way. You know, it's just that, you know, if you can get a half a million people to to walk away from the idiots in the Democratic Party, then a, a good thing has been done. Well, and so they're, they're just going to go follow idiots in another party. Yeah. Well, here's here's the weird thing about this whole Not walk away thing, right? Trump. Hang on, go ahead, Richie. Trump has come out recently and basically like told his base not to vote until they solve the voter fraud issue. Weird, right? Like. Good that he's saying that because I'm like I don't vote I don't yeah I'm, I'm down with the not voting no masters right. no rulers yeah right but as from a political standpoint you're you're telling people like don't go vote so I mean <sighs> until they figure out the voter fraud right which it's it, not going to happen it yeah, seems like that could be a reverse psychology tactic right maybe I am politician X don't vote for me 
right? Maybe. Kind of a thing. I'm trying to figure out the 4D oh. chess move, but if you got walk away from the Democrats and Trump saying Republicans don't vote, like, good thing. But- All right. Uh, Bad Slave, we interrupted your point. Go ahead. I, I was just going to go on to say that uh, that, that, that 500,000 people is, is uh, still on tap. And and they're still working the the uh, walk away process, and I think that we should endorse that. And 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 uh, the guy uh, that run that headed that up that founded uh, walk away was uh, Brandon Straka. Uh, Straka. Yep. And and he can be also. Let's go, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> And 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 be pushing because they've got something stuff lined up to to really work the the midterms and I you know what I I I'm happy to not have uh, Democrats winning but they can walk away all they want they're still going to vote Democrat on paper when the mail in ballots come in hey thanks for the call bad slave. I don't want Democrats or Republicans. I think a lot of people tend to think that Democrats are worse than Republicans, but they're both terrible. Like, can yeah. we just like let's walk away from like all of it? All of it. Yes. Yeah. Like, I'm, why yeah. do we have to? And the walk away uh, foundation or campaign, whatever it is, is a pro-Trump thing. So it's not like a libertarian or like anarchist type of thing. It is a a, a Republican. Yeah conservative thing it's a partisan party yeah. campaign right so which what's is, the point which is my point like they're just oh we're gonna move these people from one party to another and like, like we're still cool, gonna have but- a huge empire which is what the united states is now it's an empire ah so the liberty-minded people have to intercept them after they've walked away before they've walked to something they need else. incentive yeah. we should give them miniature pac-mans and call it the waka waka way campaign <laughs> 603-283-6160 Take control of the airwaves. Talk about whatever's on your mind. Hour number three of Free Talk Live is next. This message is for you if you are a polyamorous person or you're in an open relationship and you are struggling with jealousy, loneliness, and communication problems. Hello, my name is Jeremy West, and I am a polyamory coach with degrees in psychology and communications and five years of experience with polyamory. And for a limited time, I'm teaching a free online class just for polyamorous people or people in open relationships where you will discover a new, simpler, and unique way to uncover the secret that experienced poly people know about jealousy that you must know too, stop feeling lonely when your partner is out with another partner, and use the four key elements that will change the way you communicate forever. No more crying yourself to sleep when you're alone for a night, a weekend, or longer, and wondering if it's better to go back to a monogamous relationship. Sound good? Well then, go to jeremywest.net slash free class and register for my class now. Again, that's jeremywest.net slash free class, jeremywest.net slash free class. Free Talk Live. 603... 603- is the telephone number if you'd like to join us. We are kicking off the third hour 
of this live Sunday night edition. That was quick. Of Free Talk Live. Yeah, this show goes by way faster than it seems. Like, more frequently than not. Yeah. Because there's just, the world is so crazy now. I, 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 we are living in the dystopia that was only science fiction when I was a child. So anyway, in the studio, it's myself, the captain. Nikki. And Richie Rich. Let's circle back because we were talking about, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, we were talking about the U.S. Treasury Department secretary warns unvaxxed Americans that shortages will continue until everyone is jabbed. Beatings will continue till morale improves. Wally Adeyemo, <laughs> the Biden administration's second highest official in the Treasury Department, appeared to publicly blackmail the still sizable portion of Americans who have not been vaccinated against COVID-19 during a Thursday ABC interview, seemingly blaming them for the ongoing shortages of consumer goods. And so this is where the hashtag empty shelves Joe comes from that's apparently trending. Despite viral photos depicting thousands of cargo ships lined up at the port of Los Angeles ready to unload their goods, Adiemo claimed that the supply chain issues plaguing so many U.S. retailers are an international issue and will only let up when a sufficient percentage of the country has been vaccinated. Lies. Lies. What do they call it when you, like... You know, you create the problem and then also poses the solution to the problem you create. Government? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I think that's a, is it the Hegelian dialectic? Oh. The that, problem, reaction, solution? Okay. Right? S- sounds yeah. right, but I Create don't know the that. problem, have a reaction, and then propose the solution to the problem that you created? Yep. Sounds like Pfizer. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Describing the disastrous economic conditions as an economy that's in transition... Adiemo acknowledged that we are seeing high prices for some of the things that people have to buy. Well, yeah. thank you, Captain uh, Obvious. I don't have to buy anything, first of all. Well, that's true. You don't have to. While he praised the administration's stimulus payments, he also pinned the blame squarely on the unvaccinated. Here's the, pro- here's the problem with those stimulus payments, right? And I've said this from the beginning of the shutdown. You can, you can give out all the free money you want. If you shut down the production side, right, by not letting producers produce and not letting people go to work, you're going to end up with a supply issue, yeah. and then you have all that money and nothing to buy, right? Yeah. And then that drives up the price, so you have all that money, nothing to buy, and what's left to buy costs more anyway. Your economic acumen is showing. Thank you. <laughs> Don't just whip that thing out wherever you feel like it. Uh, There's a quote here from this guy, and I don't know if it's mentioned elsewhere in the article, but it's really bold. And uh, It says, this guy, uh, Adiemo, said, The reality is that the only way we're going to get to a place where we work through this transition is if everyone in America and everyone around the world gets vaccinated. Lies! That's my lie detector. Nice. Yeah, my BS star was also going off. You just let people go back to work, make individual choices about their health. Yeah. And then it may take some time, right, to get all the production lines ramped back up to speed and all the backlogs and shortages cleared. But it's doable. The beautiful thing about the human marketplace, and I don't mean like a place where you go to buy humans. I mean like oh. the marketplace as humans exchange goods and services you know, f- with each other to improve their lives. The beautiful thing about it is 
it doesn't require anything to control it. Mm-hmm. It's it's magic in how it works by itself. And yet the government interjects. Supply and demand. But the government is like, no, we need to control it in some way, shape, or form. And so what, they do. What do they expect everyone to buy with all the stimulus checks and if then, they shut down production? And then we get this crap. What's What good is it? What good is it? While the ABC reporter repeatedly suggested that the country's shortages of toilet paper and other panic buy items could be traced to international supply chain disruptions, a growing number of Americans are demanding answers regarding the weirdly specific nature of certain products missing from store shelves. Some have even voiced doubt concerning whether the shortages are being introduced deliberately, hmm. either to gin up hatred against the unvaccinated or keep Americans economically off balance as they grow accustomed to the wild disruptions of the pandemic. Now, viable theory. Uh, uh, ginning up hatred uh, against the unvaccinated is all that has been happening since they yeah. announced the vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Like, in fact, the government went to these companies, supposedly, and said, hey, guys, come up with a vaccine real quick. Thank you, Donald Trump. <laughs> Operation Warp Speed. It was his idea. <laughs> well, supposedly. Supposedly. According, yeah, sure. according to the mainstream. According to Trump. Mainstream media and all that okay. kind of thing. So government went to, you know, supposedly working hand in hand with these uh, these companies that have repeatedly lied to people, have repeatedly, uh, you know, marketed things that did harm to people. <laughs> well, do they, would they have even needed the government prodding, though? Because that's their business anyway. Right. Right? Yeah. New disease, let's solve this and make billions. Right. Now, except these vaccine manufacturers are not in the curing disease business. They're in the disease management business. Mm -hmm. Clearly, because that's all they've done. There's no cure for COVID. Because a a cure equals no more customer. Yeah. Yeah. So if if you know there's no incentive for these companies to cure people, there's all of the incentive to create something that you need to subscribe to and continue paying them on a regular basis. That is one area where I'm not yet convinced that the free market would solve that. Subscriptions? No, oh. like cures. Right? Oh, you don't need you know um, well, any actually, private business. Actually, uh, it's you just have to invert the incentives that currently exist. Okay. Uh, for example, uh, back before government controlled healthcare in the way that it does, and it does in every possible freaking way you can imagine, um, doctors used to be able to be community sourced. So, you know, uh, 50 of us could get together and pay a doctor's salary for a year, and then we would all have access to this mm-hmm. doctor. And if somebody was like a hypochondriac in our group and like sort of dominated the doctor's time, the group would then have to either get this guy to contribute more or talk to him and be like, hey, man, you're kind of, you know, other people need to see the doc too. And so it was a self-regulating system in that way. The incentive was that if somebody got ill, the doctor no longer got paid. So it was in the doctor's incentive for him to cure people, to keep people well. As long as the people were well that he contracted with, he would get his money. If the people became ill and the doctor didn't keep them well or do right by them in the medical you know, science that existed you know, at these times, then the incentive was there for him to do everything in his power to find 
a way to cure or make these people more healthy. Well, and and not even just that. I mean, if you're a good person and you're going into medicine to take care of people because you care about people, wouldn't you not be an evil psychopath that's trying to extort money from everybody and make them sick? I mean, there's there's that too. (laughs) I mean, you're talking about local community doctors or new doctors who would then have to go to these big pharmaceutical companies to get the, you know, I'm going to say necessary medicines to treat their patients. Sure, but the incentive would be corrected. Maybe at the doctor level. How do you, how do you get all those doctors to convince the pharmacy company to switch their incentives to cures rather than... Well, because well, the incentive follows the doctors. It's the doctor's incentive to keep the people healthy. Therefore, the doctor isn't going to prescribe something that is only going to manage a disease unless, of course, it, it's necessary. What I'm saying is okay. it eliminates the unnecessary portions of this, right, because the incentive is now proper. So then that means that the pharmaceutical companies, if they want to keep marketing their products to these doctors, would have to make sure that that falls in line with the doctor's incentives. They're going to well, break the cartel? That's right. Yeah. Doing incentive cures. breaks okay. the cartel. All right. That's, you just invert the incentives. Right, right now, doctors' incentives are, hey, if you pimp our drug, we'll kick you down some, yeah. you know, cash or whatever. You know, they're getting bribed by these pharmaceutical companies because they have to, more money than the average consumer and the and the doctor, right? And the doctor yeah. wants to make more money, right? So, if the incentive is inverted from what it currently is, then everything just sort of the ship writes itself. The market takes over the way it's supposed to. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. More free talk live is on the way. Welcome back, everybody. It is Free Talk Live. The telephone number, 603-283-6160. If you would like to join the conversation tonight. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Nikki. And Rich Rich. Uh, Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media-sharing protocol, and we're big fans of that here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video-sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line, on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and literally could be taken completely offline at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so now we're streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel. Just visit video.freetalklive.com. If you'd like to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com. And then with every video you watch, you'll help to seed and keep it online forever. Again, video.freetalklive.com. Follow us on Odyssey today, video.freetalklive.com. All right, so we're still talking about this bit from RT.com where the U.S. Treasury Department secretary is basically blackmailing the United States population and pitting them against each other. Pitting them against each other, saying that the only way we're going to solve this crisis of all the cargo ships and containers backed up on both coasts, the East Coast and the West Coast, 
It's if everyone gets vaccinated. So most of us in this room have had the 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 COVIDs. I, I had it. Yep, mm-hmm. I had it. I got right. it over. It. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So we've got you know that that good old fashioned built in natural immunity. Yep. Taking my chances with Mother Nature. Taking my chances. Risky. So, so if we don't if we don't get vaccinated, they're going to hold up cargo ships. Like we need. It makes all, no sense. Because we're already fine. The obvious solution to all of <laughs> right? this is just you know hire some more folk, right? Pay them whatever you got to pay them. And open your ports, you know, more than one shift a day. Ah, but then consumer prices go up, Captain. You uh, want to pay more? You know, I mean, c- consumer prices are going to go up anyway because of the bottleneck. So then if you want something, right, the, the demand increases for a thing, the price goes up. We know how that's how the market works. Supply and demand. Right. If you strangle the supply, the demand goes up, and then the price goes up. And that's on top of the inflation caused by, again, the institution known as government and the Federal Reserve printing billions and billions of dollars, something like 20% of the entire amount of dollars in existence came about in the last couple of years. So Creepy Joe got, you know, a little bit of a, a lashing for his, you know, 20 trillion is zero, right? Like that was in the news. <laughs> Empty shelves, Joe. Empty shelves, Joe. Right. And the the number, the debt number is so enormous, right, that it's difficult for me to conceptualize it. Right. And so it's meaningless to me. Like, I understand inflation. I understand prices are going to go up. I understand dollar, you know, doesn't go as far. Yeah. Right. But if they continue to go in debt and they continue to raise the debt ceiling mm-hmm. and they continue to not pay it off, right, yeah. then doesn't it cost zero? Because they're not going to pay it off. Well. It's stuff for free. I mean, we talked a the little buck bit stop somewhere but it's not anytime soon i think last week we talked a little bit about the uh <laughs> this thought that gets thrown around every time this debt ceiling thing comes up about them printing like the trillion dollar coin yeah, yeah. you know and like okay we'll just print a coin that says you know the entire and my question is why don't you just print a coin that's the entire national debt and then like hand that over to the federal reserve and sure like here you go that's paid I mean, would that change anything? No, well, probably not. I, no, so I can cares? I can tell you, and, and this is a bit of a segue off of the off of the topic. But I had brought in another article from FEE uh, that says the U.S. department's debt or U.S. government's debt to GDP ratio is worse than Greece's before the 2008 crash, and it's about to get much worse. Yeah. So I I don't know if our listeners remember the 2008. Uh, crash, specifically the the one that happened in Greece, uh, hyperinflation, all that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> the current U.S. situation, the debt to GDP ratio, is worse right. than Greece's was at that time, and it's not going to get any better. So, to answer what happens, what happens is the empire falls. Once once the dollar loses all value, which it's pretty darn close to having done already. It's a matter of time. Sure. Right? Um, and, mm-hmm. and once that happens, pff, empire go bye-bye. And, okay. we, and we see it happening now, even just with the state kind of grasping at straws and just kind of trying to, like, take down anybody they can or, you know, just making any effort they can to stay relevant. And it's just not working. So they don't raise the debt ceiling. They cut back spending and, and they can turn this around. Oh, no. No. It's no, impossible no, no. at this right. point. Yeah. They're too far yeah, they, gone. Yeah, the, so. 
mathematicians have analyzed this who are way smarter than I am. Mathematicians have analyzed, you know, the economic situation and all the possible outcomes and and there's no way to turn any of okay. it around. It's mathematically impossible. There's only one way out and that's financial collapse. It's not a question of if, it's a question of all when. Right. Mm-hmm. They they continually kick the can down the road, right? By printing more money. That's the only option they have at their disposal at Anymore. They can't do anything else. That's the only thing they have. So get prepared, or hopefully you're old enough to outlive it. I got it. Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah. and that's if you like look at most of the people in the government, I mean, they're old. So I think they're just kind of trying to print all this money and live their lavish lives and then leave everybody else in the dust, basically. They're like, oh, well, I'm only going to last another 30 years or so. I so. mean, I don't want to like, you know, make it sound like everybody's out in the cold when that, no. like, get involved in alternative currencies. Absolutely. You should definitely start now. Doesn't have to, you know, yes, I like cryptocurrency as an alternative currency. I think it's probably the best idea that mankind has had, maybe even ever. Mm-hmm. Since sliced bread, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Well, since since the, uh, the 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 dual ledger bookkeeping, right? This is the triple ledger bookkeeping, okay. right? So that's really what blockchain is. Mm-hmm. It's just they they added a, a, a third dimension, if you will, to the the double layered bookkeeping, right? That's these are layman's terms. I'm I'm not a financial expert, but that's my understanding of how they solved the Byzantine generals problem, right? Is they just souped up bookkeeping, okay? <laughs> right? Essentially, uh, this ledger, right? And so. Cryptocurrency is the best invention since the ledger, right? And the ledger revolutionized. If you go and just do a little bit of reading about how how the ledger, the dual entry ledger, changed the world, you'll understand why it's so important that cryptocurrency, you know, or why I think cryptocurrency is such an awesome invention because it's going to do all of that and then more. Look, accounting was like my worst subject in college because <laughs> a lot of it didn't make sense. I know. And you don't have to be you know, an accountant. You don't have to be a numbers whiz to go and read about how this accounting technique changed humanity. Okay. Right? You can just go read about it. It's Understood. The magic rectangle is at your disposal. So, but then there's also goldbacks. That's an alternative currency. Those are exciting. I love goldbacks, man. Those things are great. Spendable gold. That, you know, they're, you know, they kind of look like, well, kind of looks like money, really, to tell you. What's the limit on manufacturing? For now. 603-283-6160. Are you into alternative currencies? Breaking weather news. Belize is sunny and around 82 degrees every day this week. What's the forecast for your life? If current politics and economic prospects are cramping your freedom, escape to the tropics. ECI Development has affordable second homes for you to own or rent in Belize and other tropical countries. Places with stable governments and growing economies. Secure your freedom now. To find out more, send an email to ftl at ecidevelopment.com. is the telephone number here at Free Talk Live. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Nikki. And Richie Rich. We are here seven nights a week from 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Live. If you're hearing us outside of 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, you're likely hearing a rebroadcast. So if you do want to call, 
Hello from the past. And take control of the airwaves. Please do so between 7 and 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, I have to say that co-hosts here on Free Talk Live, Arya and Conan, are idiots. Oh, wow. And they're going to prove it on October 19th, which is two days from now. Okay. On Freer Talk Live, which is the after show to Free Talk Live. What they're going to do is they're going to be eating progressively hot peppers up to and including the Carolina Reaper, the hottest pepper in the world, while discussing stuff. Nice. (laughs) What they will be attempting to discuss while choking and breathing fire, they don't know yet. You could just send money to thecrypto6.com if you want, but there's no cause, no fundraiser, no mission, just two people Torturing themselves for other people's amusement. Who will go for the milk first, Arya or Conan? There's got yeah. There's got to be a betting line on that somewhere. Join us for Freer Talk Live October nineteenth at ten thirty p.m. Eastern. You can watch it at video.freetalklive.com. Again, that's on the nineteenth, right after Free Talk Live. I who you got, Captain? I think Conan will will reach for the milk first. Okay, I do too. Arya's pretty hardcore when it comes to the spicy peppers. I just yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't, don't know Conan well enough. That's that's kind of where Maybe I'm at too. It. I don't. I I know Conan well enough, but I th- I feel like Arya's got more of a competitive spirit. Yeah. Okay. You know, I think that she's just got a little bit more fight in her. Maybe. Okay. Maybe I don't. You know. Well, I guess she'll we'll pass find out. out and hit the deck before she goes for that milk jug. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we're going to find out on Tuesday, right? It's Tuesday? Yeah, it's Tuesday, the 19th. <laughs> All right, so we've been talking, well, we've kind of segued into many things, but we're still talking about this U.S. Deputy Secretary, Treasury Deputy Secretary, basically blackmailing folks, saying that... Uh, you know, the only way we're going to get out of this goods shortage is to get everybody vaccinated. Uh, Adiemo, the guy who's been you know interviewed in this article, uh, he did the Biden cabinet no favors by adding fuel to the conspiratorial fire, explaining the primary reason Biden continued to push for everyone to be vaccinated was that only then could the White House, quote, provide resources the American people need to make it to the other side. Unquote, that doesn't the, even make sense of the supply chain problem. Have you read a Biden quote that does? <laughs> That's a good point. So basically, they're saying that uh, the government can't provide the resources American people need to get to the other side of the COVID pandemic. Biden doesn't even know how the vaccine works. I don't think he doesn't Biden, know how anything works. I don't think Biden knows how like politics works. <laughs> like, <laughs> that guy is the most incoherent, babbling baboon that has ever had you know the disgrace of being i don't know so, to yeah. his credit 50 years in politics would you know be evidentiary otherwise he so, knows how that works yeah it's it's it's, it's tough tough road to hoe being a career criminal yeah. yeah karma despite blaming the international shipping industry for empty shelves in the u.s the media establishment has acknowledged that the ports of los angeles and long beach which together process 40 percent of the nation's imports had their busiest years on record last year, giving the lie, giving the lie to the notion that 
I'm sorry. Just read the words. Yeah, giving the lie to the notion that the products missing from American shelves simply don't exist. However, many truckers working for shipping companies have balked, balked at the idea of mandatory vaccination, leaving their firm's fleets woefully understaffed. And others have gone on strike to demand better working conditions. I think that was another thing in the fee article was the truckers like California banned independent truckers. They did. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And so no, like, no owner operators. You have to work for a company. Right. And owner operators are like the majority of how things get shipped around the country. Right. It's like that meme with the guy riding the bike and he like sticks the, the <laughs> stick in between the spigots and he's like, oh, the, the unvaccinated people did this to me. Right. And just as a side note, I really hate uh, writers that don't attempt to read their own writing before writing it. Yeah, that was a confusing okay. sentence that you just read earlier. Uh, the Biden administration has attempted to address the supply chain problem by calling for the Port of Los Angeles to run 24 hours. But while he praised his own promised move as a game changer, the executive director of the port has made it clear that there is no timetable in place for the promised scheduled shift. Meanwhile, Biden's cabinet has come across as woefully out of touch. Oh, do you think? Yeah. An old senile babbling idiot in cognitive decline i think is what the <laughs> cognitive decline that's putting it politely say, yeah uh white house chief of staff ron Klain, for example poo-pooed the issue of empty shelves as a high class problem earlier this week eliciting criticism from both left and right yeah because only rich people need food right like, and what? transportation secretary pete butt judge I don't know if that's how you... Buttigieg? Buttigieg's? Booty pants? Whatever he's got going on. Has been quietly vacationing on paternity leave since mid-August, leaving the country without even a semblance of logistical oversight as the cargo clog shows no signs of dissipating. Because they care. Politicians care. Government people care. I mean, I'm kind of okay with him putting his family first as a human being. When your job is to do things and there's a crisis you generally you know most people i know in the places i worked if they're on vacation they they cut their vacation short yeah i know come and take care of business yeah because they're incentivized to do so if they're incentivized to do so except politicians are not but i'm also employees i'm a big proponent of families and i think family comes first okay was this guy doing anything you could go babysit his family while he comes and does his freaking job if he wanted me to like that kind of defeats the purpose i should just go do his job was he doing his job before he was on paternity well, leave? I mean, like, I mean, let's be no. real here. Probably not. No, so I'm does sure. it matter if he's on vacation or not? Probably Even better doesn't. reason to stay on vacation. Take care of your family. Yeah, well, then whatever. why should he be getting paid at all? What, for paternity leave? No, I mean, for <laughs> if he's not doing the job that he's supposed to be doing and getting paid for it, then his job shouldn't exist. That's yeah. how it works everywhere else except in government. So Yeah. I mean, you could, you could ask that question about any government official. Yes. In any capacity. Well, yes. I mean, elected or otherwise. they already stole all this money from us, so they might as well, you know, they have to put it somewhere, right? So pay all these they salaries, just, I suppose. They could just give it back. Well, that'd be nice. That'll never happen. Live in the now. It'll never happen. Labor shortages are being felt far beyond the U.S., uh, though often sim- for similar reasons. In Italy, thousands of protesters turned out to block cargo ships from unloading their bounty earlier this week. Why would you do that? <laughs> Are they unvaccinated protesters? Is that why? 
You got to get vaxxed so the vaccinated protesters will leave. The demonstrators were outraged over the country's adoption of mandatory vax to work policy, similar to that threatened by the Biden administration. Oh, there you go. And the UK government has begged lorry drivers to return to work. Those are cabs. Uh, to return to work. Even, they only pick up passengers named Lori. Even luring foreign drivers in with temporary visas as wow. the country frets over its empty shelves issues. So <laughs> the UK, in the UK, they can't find enough cab drivers because they're all PO'd about the vaccination mandates. And so they call the, them Pakistan. The government, Send your best. Yeah, the government's... <laughs> <laughs> They're calling in scabs, basically, right? You know, for lack of a better term, to come in and take over the vacant cabbies routes. They're taking our jobs. <laughs> no, the government's literally giving them away. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's funny. Our germs. 603-283-6160. Have you had enough? Is it time for you to stand up? More Free Talk Live is on the way. everybody it is free talk live we're a live call in radio talk program and we'll get to your calls and thoughts in just a moment in the studio tonight it's myself the reverend captain kickass nikki and richie rich uh I, I have to say that I've been corrected uh oh I, I have my english terminology uh, improper apparently I, I know certain English terminology like boot doesn't refer to a thing on your foot. It refers to the trunk of your car. What about chips? In, in England, it's called the car boot, not the car trunk. You don't hide the dead body in the trunk. You hide the body in the boot. What do you do with the boots of the dead body? I don't know. Where do you put the but, boots? Uh, we have Tom calling, or I'm sorry, Rob calling from Missouri. And Rob, uh, you had a correction to make for me. Yeah, hey guys, <laughs> go ahead. Show. Hey, uh, actually, I was stationed in England for three years. Uh, long oh yes, time ago. Please uh, tell us more. The Air Force. And uh, I uh, appreciate your assessment of uh, Biden. By the way, uh, <laughs> I think you're spot on. Uh, but yeah, the uh, uh, a lorry in England is actually a truck. It's not a cab. I stand corrected. Someone should it tell is, those Brits how to speak English. So, uh, and yeah, and I just uh, like like Richie Rich was contemplating that his Pakistan joke was ruined now. So way so to go, good. Rob! I'm You've sorry, ruined his joke. I did not mean to ruin the joke. Hey, it was a, it was a good joke while it lasted. Uh, and the front of a car is called a bonnet. How about that? It is the bonnet and the boot. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, those Brits are silly. How do they come up they, with that? Well, you right? know. Us, us Yanks are pretty silly to them, too. So, hey. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Anything else you want to talk about tonight, Rob? Hey, no, I think you guys are doing a great job. I appreciate your, like I said, I think your assessment of uh, <laughs> of the uh, <clears throat> president is uh, is pretty spot on. I appreciate your uh, words of wisdom. Hey, thanks for the call, and let's go, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, like, when with the stage that they have set up for all the Biden I, things. I don't want to over, like, I really do enjoy the let's go, Brandon thing. It's, it's funny. It's, it's 
almost a spontaneous meme, right? Like nobody sat down and was like, we want to make this a meme. It was a meme created out of circumstance, right? Look, so you like, can't go around shouting white power, so you just change it up. Let's go branded. What? Just saying. It's a dog whistle. It's some kind. I don't think it's synonymous with white power, though. You're I mean, making fun of Joe Biden. Understood. But isn't it the white Although, nationalists mm, that are Trump supporters? I don't um, know. Are NASCAR fans white nationalists? Have you, have you seen all the Confederate I flags? Th- on NASCAR? I don't follow NASCAR. I think they're just <laughs> rednecks. And in their defense, they probably don't even know like what happened in the Civil War or like, any of it. So they just but, see the flag. I mean, they're like, my daddy had that flag, too. I just, I just love making fun of whoever the president happens to be. Sure. Right? So I have no preference. but So that's why I don't want to like overuse the Let's Go Brandon bit because... Like, it is specific to one president. Now, to be fair, I have also made fun of the previous president, uh, specifically fans of that president, and I've called them Trumpanzees. Nice. And I still call them that because they still exist. And so, you know, I like to be an equal opportunity offender when it comes to these types of things. Obama was Obama, right? You know? Um, or Obama? Well, Obama, no, Obama, like he, he bombed a lot of people. He did he bombed a lot of people? And not that Trump didn't. Trump bombed a lot of people. Biden's bombing a lot of people. They all do, and that's you know? the point. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's no difference between the parties. You know, the only difference is you know which direction they point the gun of government, of course. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, but it's important that people realize that it's not the person who becomes the president that's the problem it's the office itself it's the chair yeah. yeah it's it's having an organization where somebody wins a popularity contest of sorts but now it's worse because they don't even let the guy who wins the popularity contest inside the white house right it's the stage outside for all the press events mm-hmm. well and and it really bothers me too how many people treat politicians in the same way they treat uh, like celebrities, like movie stars, yeah. and that kind of a thing. It's a popularity contest. Would you expect any different? I I do because, well, you know, theoretically, oh, yeah, you know, it's okay. supposed to be different. Uh, but I don't like putting people on a pedestal that are freaking criminals that do criminal things that violate the nap on a daily basis on an institutional level, on a scale so vast that most individuals can't even comprehend it. So you're okay with them taking down all those Civil War statues in the South? Uh, I mean, you know, take down all the war statues. Okay. Right? You know, if you could take down one, take them all down. Fair enough. All of them. Right? Every memorial, take them all down. Why? Because criminals. Because glorify criminals. I mean, the organization type known as government is nothing but criminality. It's just institutionalized criminality. People falsely believe that... It's there to do some good. I beg you to show me evidence of that, because if you can show me even a little piece of evidence that the organization type known as government has done a little bit of good, I will show you overwhelming evidence that it is the largest, most, and biggest criminal on planet Earth and has been since its inception. And all of that stuff is public information, too, like MKUltra, you know. Right. So the the government itself is capable of doing some good, but at such an exorbitant cost right. that it's then not worth it. Right. Right? Exactly. Yeah. The they, co- it certainly doesn't pass a cost-benefit analysis. Not at all. 
not by any like it doesn't even come close remotely close like orders of magnitude away from you know passing a cost benefit right. analysis but when they steal from someone and give it to someone else right that someone else is better off marginally but at what cost right at a huge cost huge to cost to everybody else everybody else but the person who got the payout right they're going to support that system because mm-hmm. now they're that much better off than they would have been without it. Yeah. People get their undies in a bunch when I say that slavery wasn't abolished. It was just sort of spread out amongst the entire population. Because now everybody is basically a free-range slave. Slavery light, if you will. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, you get to make some decisions for yourself. You can kind of purchase property. But if you pay your property off... You still are on the hook for taxes, so the government is really your daddy, I mean your landlord, at that point, because if you stop paying them, they're going to come and take your land away, Yep, as if they were the landlord. So you don't really own any property, ever, and you know your rights are basically a set of temporary privileges, and they can just you know sort of arbitrarily take them away whenever the hell they want to, uh, apparently. But they're supposed to go through the process? amendments and whatnot I, I don't know the only process i've seen anybody go through recently when it comes to politicians is these mandates mm-hmm. right and it's just it's literally this here i have a piece of paper i have a pen i'm gonna Confirmed. write something down he has a paper I'm gonna write, and a pen i'm gonna write uh let's see i am uh, i'm gonna misspell it i am you know i'll not misspell it i am allowed to rob you I am allowed to rob you, right? This is my I see it. Holding it up to the camera. Uh, And and this is effectively all they do. They take, you know, maybe they do it on a computer and they print it, whatever. But they basically just write something down and go, this is my decree. How is that any different from a king? Okay. And now with the emergency, you know, COVID mandates, they're like, oh, it's an emergency. So I get emergency privileges to just do whatever the heck they want. So here's something you're not going to like. If you showed up to me with that mandate, right, and then proceeded to attempt to rob me, you would receive resistance. I would. And possibly some violence in defense of my right to not be robbed, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But if if you extend that out to state robbery, people are like, oh, no, we can't do that. It's got to be a peaceful solution. Dude's trying to rob you. Uh, well, that's what they're they already do. being violent. I mean, they're robbing every one of us every day. Every time you pay a tax on something, understood. So, where's the resistance? Where is the resistance? Indeed. I mean, I think we're it. Okay, <laughs> we we are it. Here we are being the resistance. This is it. We're us. New Hampshire is where the resistance is. I'm sure there are other people around the country and around the world that feel similarly and feel like they're part of the resistance as well. Our, you know, the thing that I would like to see is a whole bunch of us get together in one area and see if we can't, well, exit this thing. They're, they're going to come for your property. You're going to have to defend it against their encroachment. That's right. Just as I would have to defend it against a gang. Understood. In a, in a city somewhere. You know, that type of a thing. So, Yeah. Where is the resistance? I don't think Indeed. a lot of people are prepared for that level of confrontation. Well, they better get prepared because we've seen this with closing empires, closing societies in history, that it gets worse before it gets better. We're out of time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, go to freetalklive.com to catch the archives if you missed any part of this broadcast or any other show. Thanks for tuning in, and peace.
Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021. ForkFest takes place the week after ForkFest, but ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there. ForkFest.Party.